Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey! Coming soon to Teaching Learning Leading K-12, Ed Curation, where we reshape learning podcasts and Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are doing a show swap. That's right. This is so cool. Ed Curation is sharing one of my shows on theirs, and I'm sharing one of theirs on my show. You're going to love the episode and the show. Make sure that you check it out, and don't forget to tell them that you heard about their show here on Teaching Learning Leading K-12. <laughs> so cool. Coming soon. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that we'll be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors. Find the NVTA logo and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Scott Jeffrey Miller. Scott is the special advisor on thought leadership for the Franklin Covey Company and the host of the weekly podcast on leadership with Scott Miller. Scott is the author of numerous books. His newest book is our focus today. It's called Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. Oh, you're going to love this episode. So much to learn today. Thanks for listening. And by the way, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? Thanks so much. You're awesome. Enjoy the show. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code. Capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Capping a 25-year career in which he served as Chief Marketing Officer and Executive Vice President, Scott Miller is currently Franklin Covey's Senior Advisor on Thought Leadership, Leading the Strategy, Development, and Publications of the firm's best-selling books. Scott hosts the Franklin Covey-sponsored On Leadership with Scott Miller, the world's largest and fastest-growing weekly leadership podcast. I'm a huge fan, by the way. Miller also authors a leadership column for Inc.com and hosted the weekly iHeartRadio show, Great Life, Great Career. Miller is the author of the multi-volume Mess to Success series, including Management Mess to Leadership Success, 30 Challenges to Become the Leader You Would Follow, Marketing Mess to Brand Success, and the forthcoming Job Mess to Career Success, January 2022. I got to tell you something. 
Um, I think you're just messing with people to say your bios there, Scott. All right. It's, 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 I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he is the co-author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Everyone Deserves a Great Manager, The Six Critical Practices for Leading a Team, and the author of Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Business Minds, which features insights from his interviews with the leading thinkers of our time, including Seth Godin, Susan Cain, Stedman Graham, Stephen M. R. Covey, Liz Wiseman, General Stanley McChrystal, and many others, which we're going to focus on today. In addition to supporting Franklin Covey's global thought leadership efforts, Miller has developed the Ignite Your Genius coaching series to help leaders take their uh, careers from accidental to deliberate. He also hosts Franklin Covey's bookclub.com series with world-renowned authors. Prior to his roles as chief marketing uh, officer and executive vice president of business development, Scott served as general manager and client partner in Franklin Covey's Chicago and UK offices. As a highly sought-after speaker and podcast guest, he has presented to hundreds of audiences across every industry and loves to share his unique journey as a unified leader thriving in today's highly filtered corporate culture. Miller began his professional career in 1992 with the Disney Development Company, the real estate development division of Walt Disney Company, as a founding member of the development team that designed the town of Celebration, Florida. Miller and his wife live in Salt Lake City, Utah with their three sons. Scott, thanks so much for joining me today. Say hi to everyone masterful delivery of that tongue twister. I am horrified that my publicist sent you such a long bio. Steve, I'm just a dad of three kids trying to turn them into gentlemen. Thank you for providing me your spotlight today. Well, I'm glad you could be here. And, and Scott, this is awesome. And, and uh, I'm just excited about it. I've I've read your your book, uh, Master Mentors, which we're going to be focusing on just a little bit. And uh, But I've also been, uh, you know, I've been uh, fan listening to you on your podcast for a long time now, which has been really cool. So this is awesome having you on my on my podcast. So thanks well, for being I'm here. I'm honored to be here. In fact, as you know, the book Master Mentors is based on the guest from the On Leadership podcast. So someday when you write a book about your guest, I'm going to plead to be included in it. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Scott, I have to ask you this because as a as an educator, this is my I'm into my 35th year in public education and in the state of Georgia and uh a long time ago, I was in a school that was all about innovation and so forth, and we were focused on a place called Celebration because at that time they were talking about the school that was coming and what it was going to do. Can you talk, yes. what was that like working on the development of the town? It was an amazing experience. So for those of you who may not be familiar, Walt Disney's idea of Epcot was really brought to life when about 30 years ago, the Disney Development Company, which is the real estate arm of the Walt Disney Company, took, you know, 30,000 acres of land or more, it was swampland. And they turned it into a thriving city with you know the best innovation. Kind of their colloquial marketing term was the Jetsons meets Mayberry, right? Like kind of like the, the, the technology of the Jetsons meets the values of Mayberry. It became a very successful community. Of course, you know, not without criticism or critique or issues, but the, the, the leaders of the Disney company, I think, did a masterful job of pulling together the greatest architects, the greatest inventors, the greatest educators, the greatest research scientists, and built cutting edge technology, education, community, sense of place, and architecture in celebration. I was there for four years. It was an amazing journey. I learned a ton about just being on the forefront of client service and innovation. Uh, had an amazing run. They invited me to leave, which is how Disney fires you, right? So that's a whole different podcast interview probably, but I cannot speak highly enough about my experience with the Walt Disney Company. That's so cool. And I, I, just, I just, when I saw that, I was like, I got to at least mention it. Cause I was, I remember just being so focused on the, the rumors and the thoughts and all that sort of stuff. And then the school that was coming to it. And that's, uh, that's it was cool. the first, it was the nation's 
Stephen, first ever public private legal collaboration on a, on a public school. So you had Stetson University, who kind of was the academic advisor. You had Disney, who was the developer. And then you had the Osceola County School District, the local, you know, kind of, you know, out in the sticks public school district, all working together in a very sensitive political project to build a great school. And I think there were a lot of great lessons showcased both in the school and the adjoining teacher academy. Very amazing. Uh, awesome stuff. Thanks. Thanks for talking about that. I, and I got to, uh, before we get into your book, Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, could you start with your podcast on leadership with Scott Miller? I mean, it's so cool. You know, you have just amazing a number of guests, you know, and what's, what's awesome is that you've had so many different, uh, um, interviews with different types of leaders. I was wondering if there's anything major that you've learned from preparing to talk with those guests. Oh, I, I have. Uh, my podcast is just like yours, right? I mean, I just do it every week, week in and week out. I'm privileged to be able to interview some of the greatest business minds, business titans, celebrities, CEO, authors, you name it. Um, I, I tell you, you, your question was around what I've learned about preparation for the podcast. What I've learned from the podcast guests themselves is that they have two things in common. One is they have an indefatigable work ethic. These people just work very hard. They have balanced lives, but they recognize there's no such thing as overnight success. There is overnight fame, but there's no such thing as overnight success. And that's something all these guests have in common. They have been at it longer than you think they have, right? What you see as a best-selling book was their eighth book. You never knew they wrote first seven books, right? Or you see as their breakout hit, you don't realize how many movies they tried out for that didn't get. So my advice to your listeners, keep going, keep trying. Uh, what I've learned from preparation is from Brian Grazier, the famous Hollywood producer, Ron Howard's partner in Imagine Entertainment. He wrote a book called A Curious Mind, and he once shared a story around how he was interviewing Isaac Asimov, the famous scientist right, and author, as he was preparing for a, a movie, and he took Isaac Asimov, who has since passed now, and his wife to dinner to do some research. And the wife stood up in the middle of the interview and walked out and said, clearly, Brian Grazier, by the shallow nature of your conversations, you have not properly researched my husband's work. We're out of here. And nice. they walked out. Nice. <laughs> and it was Brian Grazier sharing, you know what? Perhaps it could have been said more delicately, but she was right. Brian Grazier had not fully appreciated the work of Isaac Asimov to earn a two-hour interview with him. Long story short, I try to read the guest books. I try to research them. I try to watch other podcasts and other TV interviews so I don't just ask the same questions. I try to come prepared. I try to set a safe audience for them. I'm not a journalist, right? I'm not an investigative reporter. I'm kind of like Larry King. I just, you know, I ask questions that I think people will like to learn. I also recognize that on any podcast, people come for the guests, but they stay for the host. And it's why your podcast has been successful also, right? Is because of your cadence and your ability to get great guests on, but also ask, you know, interesting questions. So you and I have a lot in common. Thanks. I appreciate that, Scott. That's awesome. And that's what I love about your podcast, though, because it's cool. Because like I, I, I tell my guests, I'm, I love what you just said. I'm not an investigative reporter. I'm here to I'm really trying to make you look good. And so I want to try and figure out what we can talk about that, uh, you know, that, that goes with what you do. So I love that. That's awesome. It, one of the things that, uh, you know, your book is about mentors. Yes. So before we go any further, what do you mean when you think when you say mentor, what are you thinking? Well, I think the key to my success in life. I think the reason that I have had any success professionally, personally, my marriage as a parent, as an entrepreneur, as an author, as a formal leader in a public company is because I've had 
mentors surround me, formal and informal. I think a mentor is more than a coach. They're not your coach. They're your champion. They are your challenger. They're not your therapist either. This is someone that is moved past being smart into being wise. And they recognize that their success may not be your success. They're able to help you uncover, discover your journey. What are your fears? What are your passions? What does your journey look like? And then share with you both the successes and the messes from their journey in the hopes that you might be able to learn from those. But they, but they resist the natural temptation to turn you into their clone. They don't just share what they would have done. They ask you, what should you do? What are the risks? What are the rewards of going in this direction? They're very good at asking the right questions that help you discover your path. And then they judiciously share strengths and weaknesses from their own journey that are instructive to you fulfilling yours. I think mentors are transformational figures in our lives. Like I said, some of them are formal, some of them are informal. Some of them you know, some of them you don't know. I don't know Oprah, but Oprah has been an informal, unwilling mentor of mine for decades, right? But I don't think you have to know the person. For most of us, the mentor relationship is formal. We ask someone, hey, could you mentor me on this? And provided that you're not trying to manipulate them or get into their proverbial Rolodex or ambush them with a loan, if you declare your intent, which is to learn from them, most people will agree to mentor you for a specific period of time. That's awesome. And any thoughts about, you know, giving someone advice on how they go about finding a mentor? I mean, you know, ask, many- just ask, right? I mean, I hear people can't help you if they don't know you need help. They can only help you if you ask them for help. So the first question is, is you want to figure out what is it you're trying to do? That's a, that's a broad question. And I like how broad it is. What are you trying to do? Go find someone who's done that or done something similar to that or has recovered from a similar trauma or has repaired a similar broken relationship or has built a business out of a bankruptcy like you did or you get the point, right? Is figure out what is it you're trying to do? Identify someone who you think has done something similar. Go ask them, will you mentor me on this? I'll tell you, my biggest mentors quite frankly, are the people that have had the biggest mistakes. I learned how to stay married from those who have been divorced. I learned how to build a great business from those who've had the most bankruptcies. I don't just pick the most famous person in town or the biggest celebrity. I sometimes pick the person who's had the biggest problems because they've learned all the lessons the hard way. Why not learn them from them so you don't have to repeat them? I'm really, really focused. I'm obsessed with trying to learn where people went wrong so that I can choose to avoid that same pain and mistake in life. I got lots of mistakes. Haven't been divorced. My children are hopefully healthy. Um, Not been bankrupt yet. But I'll tell you, my success has come from learning from vulnerable people, mentors that were humble enough to share with me their mistakes. And that's where I've gleaned my success from. It's just stepping around the proverbial pothole. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. You know, do you have that one person who's so influential in yours, that, that mentor that you had that's really that one that comes to the top? Of the- I do, and they're not even in the book. This is the co-founder of the Franklin Covey Company, 
someone you've probably not necessarily heard of. It wasn't Dr. Stephen R. Covey, of course, of the Seven Habits fame. He was one of the co-founders, but there was a man named Hiram Smith. Hiram Smith was the inventor of the Franklin Planner, right? The famous Franklin Planner process. He died a year and a half ago from pancreatic cancer. Uh, married for 50 years. Um, he uh, did not honor all of his marital vows. He had a, um, an affair that became very public and very humiliating. His wife forgave him, and they maintained a marriage 20 years after that, a very loving marriage. Hiram was uh, publicly humiliated, excommunicated from his church. He resigned from our board. His children um, ostracized him for years. He's a man of incomparable wealth and success and fame and talent, and, and he managed to put it back together with his family. And I always thought, you know what? If his wife forgave him, good enough for me. I had nothing to forgive him from. And Hiram was very... Not gratuitously, but he was very transparent on some of the mistakes he made in his marriage and with his children. And I remember on one very long flight from the West Coast to the East Coast, we sat next to each other. I mean, this is the, this is the chairman of the company, right? And here's little old me, Scott Miller, 15 years ago, not even married yet. And me just asking him like 100 questions on the plane. So when you did this, what were you thinking? When you did that, what you were thinking? When this came to light, what were you thinking? What would you have done differently? Where would you have said no? Where would you have resisted that temptation? What was the temptation? What was going wrong here that made you search there? He was very forthcoming to a young buck on the plane. And I learned so much from Hiram in life. And I appreciate him being humble enough, confident enough just to tell me his truth. I learned so much from him. Hiram, I love you. You are a mentor and transition figure for, you, for me. Thank you for all you've done for me and for my marriage and my business. That's awesome. Thank you so much for telling that story. That's, that's appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's shift into your book now. It's called Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. In the introduction, I love the introduction. I love reading introductions. As a kid, I hated reading introductions and would never read them. And then suddenly one day I, I learned that I learned stuff in the introductions. <laughs> so I read them. And in your introduction, you comment this at the end of it. Think of reading this collection of master mentors like spreading a bet across all 37 numbers on a roulette wheel. If you're willing to give the ball a spin, you're guaranteed to hit the jackpot. What do you mean? I thought it was cool, by the way. Well, I, mean, I think the best books in life are those that have nuggets, right? You, you, you take one or two things away from them that are transformative. You may not remember any of the names of the characters or what happened, or, but you remember one or two things because it hits you exactly right where you are in your life. You're coming off a divorce. You're coming off an acquisition. You're coming off a major setback. Perhaps someone you love you lost in a pandemic. But this book is a start anywhere, go everywhere book. It's very episodic. In fact, one of the publishers that I shopped it to didn't like it because it was so episodic. Well, shame on them because this is going to become the next chicken soup for the soul series. I'm writing 10 of these in the series. So nice. they're going to regret that. Harper Collins caught the vision. Excellent. And it's a start anywhere, go everywhere. You can read chapter 14 or chapter seven or chapter 28 in whatever order you want because I basically highlight a different transformational insights from 30 different guests on our podcast from all walks of life. Most of them are well-known, not all of them. And I think it just will hit everybody a little bit differently. What you might find as elementary might be transformational for someone else and vice versa. And I think I wrote a book that's very fast, very easy, very breezy. I do not write books like Jim Collins writes good to great, right? There's no yes. data, there's no charts. I'm not sure there's, there's maybe two statistics in the entire book. This is me opening the kimono 
with a very successful person who may have gotten there through lots of failure or mistakes, having them share an insight that I found transformational. I then share a story about how I perhaps wrestled with that or maybe even conquered it. And then I recap the big idea and ask a provocative or two questions around how will you adopt this idea in your life? I, lo- I, I just love this. I, I got to tell you, this, this reads like no other book. <laughs> and what, what's really awesome is just like what you just said. And, and part of it is that each, each person that you highlight, the way you've done the little chapter, it could be quite different from the previous one. It might be exactly what was in the podcast or it yeah. might not be. And uh, can you talk about that? I mean, because that had to be yes. something that you're, <laughs> was frustrating to some of the people who are the naysayers. I mean, <laughs> well, Stephen, I appreciate your insight on that because it's true. I, I didn't want to write a book that was about the podcast. Just go listen to the podcast. There's no reason for me to write, sell you a book. That's a waste of your money. So in many cases, I wrote about insights that were shared off the air. In that three or four minutes before they came on the air, or perhaps the five-minute debrief off the air, or maybe it was in a green room or in a on a plane somewhere, or you know, in a in a in a Uber. I know most of these people from other walks of life, but some of the insights are literally a transcript right from the podcast because how they said it was best. Others of them are insights that you might not expect. I mean, here's a good example: Stephen M. R. Covey, the son of Dr. Stephen R. Covey wrote a very famous book called The Speed of Trust. That, that's who he is. He's like the, he is the world's expert on organizational leadership trust. I don't write a single thing about trust in his chapter. I write about a concept called pulling the plug. When he was the CEO of our company, he had to pull the plug on a product that wasn't ready to launch with disastrous impact, you know, in terms of revenue. And I use it as an example of, you know, when might you need to pull the plug in your life, metaphorically, hopefully not on your life, but in your life. And so not every insight is just something that was shared on the podcast. Like I said, sometimes it was, it was what happened before the podcast or perhaps Matthew McConaughey, for example, he'll be in Master Mentors Volume 2. My insight about him is what he shared before we even started, how he behaved off camera with nobody watching and just the most influential people are those that have complete congruency in their life. They are who you hope they are both on and off camera. He said, this is not like life changing or maybe it is for some, maybe some have not yet learned the value of congruence and how congruence can bring you harmony and how harmony can bring you peace and how peace can bring you good health. How that can, I mean, you get the point, right? So Um, I'm still young, I'm still learning, but I shared ideas that I thought would be helpful to the broadest array of readers possible. Well, you did awesome. You did awesome. Let me tell you, it's, it's, you know, there's so much great stuff and the way it's brought together by it being different like that. It's, it even, it's even more impactful. That's what's so cool. So, you know, something that I think is really neat is that within this, within each of the chapters, one of the things that you do that's having that is common throughout each of them is that at the end of it, there's something that you say is the transformational insight. And then you have a question. Can you talk about what you mean by the, when you say transformational insight, can you just talk a little bit about what the reader can expect that to be about? Yeah. Well, again, it's different per chapter, right? Sometimes I talk about um, brain health with a neuroscientist and a psychiatrist. Other times I talk about emotional agility, or I talk about strategy or branding or communication. Every chapter has a very different focus on it. 
And at the end of each chapter, I recap what I think the big idea was. This was the case you missed it, which it's kind of hard not to miss it or hard to miss it. But I share kind of what's the big idea. And then I share a question. So the transformational insight was, here is the lesson to learn from this master mentor, in case you missed it, in my genius storytelling. I'm kidding. But then I kind of ask a, a bit of a rhetorical, sometimes kind of, you know, just big open-ended question on, so what are you going to do about this? I take the transmissional insight and I pose it now into a, a question that will challenge your mindset, your belief system. Because if you want to change your results in life, you got to change your behaviors. And if you want to change your behaviors, you have to change your mindset because it's your mindset that drives what you do. What you do is drives, drives what you get. How you think drives what you do. What you do drives what you get, what results you get. So in many ways, the transformational insight at the end of each chapter and the question are very simple. These are not like, you know, Plato level questions, but it's just to kind of give you a kick in the you know what to say, okay, so now how are you going to implement this in your life? And I give you a little bit of a bit of a, a head start, a kind of metaphorical kick in the pants to see if this is the transformational insight that's right for you right now. Because no one, including me, can adopt 30 ideas in their life and successfully implement all of them simultaneously. Which is why I actually think the book is great to read one inside a day for 30 days. And just each day, kind of slowly integrate these things over into your life. Don't sit down and read this book in eight hours. Heck, you could read it probably in three hours. I wrote it that way on purpose. But I think it will take you a lot more to be more deliberate to decide which of these transmissional insights is right for you right now. You know what's awesome is I wish I'd had that advice before I read your book. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd had it 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> because I would have I read it differently. Because as it was, I saw where you wrote about, and I heard you talk about the idea of uh, not necessarily reading it cover to cover. So I just kind of, I kind of picked and choose <laughs> where I started. So, but it was, it would have been cool doing it a day at a time. That would have been neat. So, you know what's also cool is on the back of the book, I chose not to get any endorsements. My 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 publisher had a stroke. Like, Scott, <laughs> you have some of the biggest connections in the world. I said, I know. They're in the book. By their very willingness to be in the book, I think is an endorsement. So instead of most books, including many of mine, prior to this, where the back cover is full of lofty endorsements from people you don't know but have heard about, I decided to recap their name and what was the name of the transformational insight. So you might decide, you know, um, General Stanley McChrystal, be on the right side of history. Huh. I wonder what that's about, because didn't he help screw up Afghanistan? So I think I'll go to that chapter. Didn't President Obama fire him, right? It's a four-star general. So I recap on the back of the book, the name of the 30 master mentors, and what was the transficial insight? So you could choose to go to chapter 18 first or chapter 22 or read it all in sequence. It's awesome. It's, it's it's cool when you're given permission to do that. You know, it's like I give you permission, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. You know, I, I got to ask you. You know, and I've heard you talk about this, and I wasn't going to ask you this, but I got to ask you. How did you How did you narrow down your list to thirty? Because I know I know you've already said you got I got a, at least ten more books coming or nine yeah, more books coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this was your first one, and you this chose the 30. first one. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be very vulnerable and transparent. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a bunch of unrelatable celebrities, because I've got those that have done amazing things. I didn't want it to be a group of just all people who have been victimized or traumatized in their life. So I, I, I curated carefully. 
I picked people from different genders, obviously, uh, try to be equal. It's not exactly equal, but I didn't force fit that. I wanted people to represent different uh, races and ethnicities, including international, not just Americans. I wanted people who were best-selling authors, people who were celebrities, people who were maybe practitioners or academicians or scientists, people that had business experience. And so I looked at all of these and I went back and I said, you know, did they share something that was transformational? Because not everyone did. No fault to them, right? I, mean, that's, I haven't shared anything transformational probably in the last 30 minutes of us talking. A lot of pablum probably. But I, I tried to curate them. And I looked at what kind of book would I want to read? Because I think most authors write the book that they wanted to read. I think there's truth to that. And I thought, you know what? I'm a dad. I probably should be reminded about the value of having my children wear a helmet every time they're on wheels. You know, Stedman Graham. Many people don't know who Stedman Graham is. He's actually a very famous author and entrepreneur. Most people know him as the 30-year life partner to Oprah Winfrey. But Stedman Graham has an amazing story to tell about identity and how instead of fulfilling somebody else's identity for yourself, choose your own identity and go fulfill that for yourself. So I picked, uh, I carefully curated them. I organized them, had some fun kind of organizing them around. And quite frankly, they had to give permission. So I had to get legal permission to have everybody review their chapter and sign off on it and use their image and that kind of stuff. It was not an easy slam dunk, right? It was a fairly litigious book to write in terms of making sure I had the coalition of the willing, right? To quote a previous president. But that's how I picked people. I think volume, I, I'm not pleased with the level of racial diversity in this edition. I think in full transparency, I think there are 26 Caucasians and six non-Caucasians. And I think not artificially, volume two will be better balanced to represent global diversity as well. But at the end of the day, what mattered was not your race or your age or your gender. What mattered was, did you have a transformational insight that I felt was valuable for the reader? And if, that's, if that was true, you were in. And if it wasn't true, you were in volume two. <laughs> nice. I like that. I appreciate that, That's so or, cool. Or, or no volume for that matter. Or no volume. Yes. I, that's it, all I could think was, it's like, I, I have hard enough time trying to narrow down questions. I can't imagine narrowing down people after. <laughs> you know, Stephen, I also didn't want it to look like it was a marketing book for Franklin Covey. Right. So right. If you'll notice, I think only six of the 30 are thought leaders from Franklin Covey. And so I did not want to write a book and just kind of have it be a marketing piece for Franklin Covey. I just kind of carefully put in Franklin Covey interviewees that I thought had a transformational insight. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, that's so cool. I, you know, one of the things I, I got to ask you is what do you hope? I mean, there's got to be something over something that's going on upstairs that says, this is what I really hope readers of my book take away. Yes. Yeah. Something I've learned late in life. I'm 53 later in life is that, you know, I probably like most humans have never had an original thought in my life. It's kind of sobering, insulting even, but it's true. Most of us have not had many, if any, original thoughts. That's okay. I'm an aggregator. I'm a pollinator. I have no shame in taking something I learned from you, giving you credit for it and telling it to somebody else. I'm like a master repeater. I'm not a plagiarist because I give credit where credit is due. But I hope people get access to ideas and insights, recommendations for books that perhaps they didn't know about. People might, they may not know that Jay Papazan 
wrote a book that sold 2 million copies called The One Thing. And his writing partner was Gary Keller, the co-founder of Keller Williams, the largest real estate company in the world. And I hope that I give light to people like Trent Shelton, who was a former NFL player. He refers to the NFL as not for long. And what could you learn from a guy, a guy that wasn't actually for very long in the NFL? And so I want to be a pollinator and an aggregator because I'm sitting in a very unique chair interviewing all these people on camera, off camera, reading their entire books. Right? I read about three books a week because that's how many interviews I take. It's exhausting. Um, but I have, I have, I've realized that I have a privileged opportunity to not just learn from these people, but to share it with others. And if I can provide you a sort of um, compendium, if you will, of 30 different insights from 30 people and introduce you to them, and then you can decide, you know what, I'm going to go buy this book and this book and this book because Scott recommended it. Then I've, I've lifted these 30 people up on this platform, and I've helped the reader become more efficient with what information they want to continue diving deep in based on their needs. That's awesome. That's so cool. I, I love I'm that. Kind of like the cliff notes of podcast. I just made that <laughs> up, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. I am. That works. That works too. That's excellent. Are those still around? I think so. <laughs> yes, they are actually. They, they definitely are just, um, they you just would know you would know. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And they exist in many different formats than ever before. Oh, so. And you probably see them show up in many papers. Submitted by your students. <laughs> Most definitely. Uh, yeah. What, one of the things I gotta, I gotta make sure I ask you is, uh, do you have a favorite mentor in your book that if you could talk to them over and over again, you'd choose them? Yeah, it's number one. It's, it's Nick Vujicic. So master mentor number one is a man that some of your listeners may not be familiar with. He's Australian by birth. He's American by choice. Nick Vujicic is uh, a gentleman who was born with no limbs, no arms and no legs, no arms and no legs. He has a head, a neck, a torso that ends just beneath his groin and a small kind of foot-like appendage with some odd-looking toes on the end that he can use to text with. And Nick is a very famous author. He's a very famous inspirational speaker. And he came to my house once for several times, but once particular for dinner. And I had a transformational insight watching Nick as I picked up my glass of water and drank from it, as I ate from my key lime pie, as I scratched my head, as I served people and shook their hands, as I watched Nick scratch his head by rubbing his forehead on my sofa because he can't scratch his head. He has no arms and no legs and no fingers. And I learned what gratitude was about, that I may not be able to pay my entire visa bill this month, but I'm grateful I can pay one-tenth of it. I may not enjoy taking out the garbage, but I'm grateful I get to because Nick can't take out the garbage. And so I think if you read chapter one, it reels you in to recognize that most of us talk about gratitude. It's a hot word right now. You don't know gratitude until you've met Nick Vujicic because he will, he will, as I share in the book, he will force you to look through everything in your life, not from the lens of I have to, and not from the lens of I ought to, but through the lens of I get to. I get to take the garbage out Sunday night at 10 o'clock in the freezing cold weather. I ought to take the garbage out. I get to take the garbage out. Nick Vujicic would love a chance to take the garbage out. That's awesome. I just, I've, I've listened to you talk with him and I've read that chapter and it's... Mm. 
powerful, very powerful. It may, it make it changes everything in your life. I get to walk to my car that's parked in the furthest spot in the parking lot. I get to get in my car and go buy groceries tonight because I've got $70. I get to stop and put gas in my gas tank because I have two hands. Hell, I have a car. It will just transform your life, this first chapter around gratitude. Most definitely. I mean, it makes you rethink. <laughs> it makes it, you rethink everything, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it does. I get, I get to go to three schools tonight and pick up my three boys at different schools. That's not, that's not an obligation. Nick Vujicic would love to get behind a wheel of a car and turn it on with his hand and put it in drive and steer around town. Never done it in his entire life. That's so powerful because it does make you rethink everything. I, it makes rethink everything. Exactly. You know, Scott, uh, you've, you've mentioned before that you've got more volumes coming. I mean, is, is one sooner than than just a thought or is, is well, volume yeah, so, so Master Mentors Volume 1 just launched this week out now, available for print, for on print, digital, and audio. Uh, Master Mentors Volume 2 is almost finished. There are 30 transformational insights from 30 guests. I can share some of the names. And I'm just starting to curate the list of who will be in Master Mentors Volume 3. I think I'm leasing one or releasing one about every nine months for the next seven or eight years, all drawn from guests from Franklin Covey's On Leadership podcast. Excellent. Excellent. Well, looking forward to them coming out. Hope you'll, hope, hope you guys will remind, remember me so we could uh, maybe talk again when that happens. And, uh, uh one of the things I, I'd like you to do real quick before we go, um, as we're almost finished, um, you have a, you have a coaching program called Ignite Your Genius. Could you just share something about that? I do. I'm delighted you asked. So after a 30 year career in corporate America, I decided that I had watched too many people live their careers accidentally, bopping around accidentally from one job to the next and making really poor decisions. And instead, I want to teach people how to live their careers deliberately, think 10, 20, 30 years out. So I created an online program called Ignite Your Genius. It's very inexpensive. You can access it at scottjeffreymiller.com. It includes a printed workbook as well as a downloadable workbook. You watch 11 video modules of me just talking casually like this around 11 different modules that I believe fundamentally can transform your career from being accidental to deliberate. It's called Ignite Your Genius Career Coaching Series. Many companies are adopting it as part of their career coaching in their organizations. I don't do individual one-on-one career coaching, but what I do is I sell a one-time subscription to this program called Ignite Your Genius, where you get the best of my wisdom of how I came literally from the front line to the C-suite in a global company by not going to an Ivy League school, not even having an advanced degree, but by working hard, knowing my values, understanding the culture, and thinking very deliberately and strategically about what my career would look like and what talents and skills that I need to learn to earn the next promotion. It's called Ignite Your Genius. You can go to Scott Jeffrey Miller dot com and learn more about it. Awesome. And I love it. It's so cool. I, Scott, where would you send anybody who wants to reach out to you, connect with you? Where would you want them to go first? You know, you can find me anywhere. Unfortunately, my wife says I'm overexposed. I'm on <laughs> LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok starting next week. Or you can just visit me at scottjeffreymiller.com. All of my books are on there. Every radio program, every podcast, every blog, every ink column, pretty much everything I do is kept up to date. You can, you can inquire about, you know, my speaking engagements, how you can make me as a keynote speaker, all of my card decks are there. I create a card deck for every book that I write. Excellent. And I give these out at my speeches. I don't use PowerPoint. I actually give a card deck out to everybody. So the card decks are there for purchase as well. 
scottjeffreymiller.com is all things you didn't want <laughs> about me. That's awesome. It's an awesome website. I love it. It's colorful. It's bright. Nice images. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, last last question I got for you here. I have to ask you. It, I don't know if you ever had those moments where there's so much stuff going on that you're feeling overwhelmed and you may want to quit. How do you how do you deal with that? You just you just described everybody's life, including mine. I always think that I, I so I've always been a thin person, right? I'm six foot one, 172 pounds after a hot fudge Sunday, right? It's, it's always been difficult for me to gain weight and keep muscle on. And so about 10 years ago, I hired a trainer, went to the gym and gained about 15 pounds of muscle, transformed my body. I since I've had three kids and I've lost most of it because they are running me ragged. But I, in the gym once I had someone ask me, what was my goal? And I said, to keep going. I didn't have a goal like gain this much weight or you know bench press this much. My goal was to keep going. And I think that's just good advice is there's no such thing as overnight success. There is overnight fame. There's no such thing as overnight success. You name me a celebrity and I'll tell you how many TV pilots that you don't even know about that never got released. You name an author and I'll name four or five books that she wrote that you don't even know about that they got, they got published and you've never heard of them. You name me a CEO that had some major success and I'll tell you four or five companies that they were fired from. So my advice to people is just, you know, like a metronome, just keep going. Good old fashioned hard work. Asking for advice and mentorship from other wiser people from you will pay off. That's, keep going. That's keep so going. awesome. I love that. Matter of fact, I think I'm gonna make a sign and put it in my office. <laughs> Look at me, right? There are, some people will think, well, Scott Miller just burst on the scene with four best-selling books in the last two years. Oh, do you mean the last 30 years that I toiled behind the scenes as a producer and a director that no one knew about? No one heard of me three years ago. 25 years at Franklin Covey, four years at Disney. Almost 30 years of building, hopefully, my expertise around leadership and marketing and things like that that now I'm sharing later in life. Keep going. Awesome. That is so awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Scott, thanks so much for talking with me today. Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds is an awesome dive into the thinking of 30 wonderful thinkers and leaders. And uh, I just can't thank you enough for sharing that all with me. Uh, What a powerful book. Wishing you all the best in you do. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for the spotlight. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.